May the Spirit of Christ fill our hearts. Amen. Please be seated. When people I meet discover that I'm a priest, an Episcopal priest, inevitably the conversation turns to spirituality. And often in this neighborhood, people will say, oh, I'm spiritual but not religious. <laughs> which is fine, I kind of gather that what they mean is that they enjoy the redwoods and the ocean on Sunday mornings rather than coming to church, which is where they are on their spiritual journey and that's fine. Uh, but then other people will start talking about, oh, that's so wonderful, and you can see they get kind of a glowy look to their eye and they think I'm spiritual. And they ask me, how do you grow in spirituality? And they're always rather startled at my answers because they expect me to teach them how to sing better hymns or how to pray, how to enjoy prayer on their knees. And that's not my sense of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth to me, as I understand Jesus and as I understand God incarnate here, uh, we gather on Sunday mornings to follow Jesus and in following Jesus we are expressing our Christian spirituality. And following Jesus is not a quiet thing, and it's not a still thing. It's a thing of movement and choice and action. The one thing that Jesus talked more about, more than hymns, more than prayers, more than coming to church, more than anything, is he talked about the kingdom of God. And so as a person who practices Christian spirituality, we need to kind of push our nose right up against what did he mean by kingdom of God? Because over and over again, there are stories upon stories upon stories about the kingdom of God is with us now, is amongst us now. What in the world does that mean? What does that mean? And the disciples wondered that for sure, because these are the disciples were a, a people who at that time, they were very attuned to uh, God's kingdom or walking in the way of God meant doing the right thing and staying pure. And you were not to become unclean or touch the unclean thing or do this or that. There was, you know, there are chapters of sacred text describing how to stay pure and how to follow God's law and if you transgress what you should do. And over and over again, they are concerned about staying pure. They even remove themselves kind of from the culture by all their purity practices. And many of these purity practices when it came to dealing with other people it meant to either purge them, stone them, or somehow exile them because they should not be around you. It was a very much a sense of push them out and you huddle close. So the disciples are trying to figure out what do you mean that the kingdom of God is here amongst us? Because look at the Romans, that we're constantly being defiled and oppressed and there's foreigners and heathens all around us and we, how can we stay pure? For the Lord? How can we be the kingdom of God? So Jesus tells this parable, this parable of the wheat and the weeds. He says, the kingdom of God is like this. There are weeds and there are wheat. And don't pull out the weeds yet because it'll uproot all the harvest and it'll uproot the good wheat. So let them all grow together and at harvest time I'll take care of it. That's what the kingdom of God is like which for the disciples was a radical idea that they could still be in the kingdom of God with the unclean and the impure right next to them. 
So I look at this parable and I say, does this make sense to us when we look out at the world and say, is this the kingdom of God? Last night at 1.15, I heard gunshots on our street. It was quite upsetting and quite violent. And I had this sermon echoing in my mind and I thought, is this the kingdom of God? Clearly, something wrong is happening, very wrong. There were many gunshots. Something wrong. This is the kingdom of God? What is this kingdom? The New Yorker, June 27th issue, has an interesting article called Dirty Business. And it's a, an article about the, uh, un, the, the uh, investigation of Raj Rajaratnam, who uh, was the hedge fund manager, and uh, Preet Bharara is the one Preet Bharara is the one who um, uncovered all of his illegal doings. And it's very interesting because uh, Bharara, this uh, person of mixed uh, religious background, uh, has a very good insight into American spirituality, Christian spirituality. He says, people do the right thing for two reasons. The first category of doing the right thing is because it's the right thing to do. They just do it because it's the right thing to do. The second category is that they do the right thing because they're afraid of the consequences and they're afraid they're going to get caught. And that, my dear friends, is basically American Protestantism in a nutshell. But it's interesting because that is the way we are. It seems like as I look around at people in my life, there are people who do the right thing because it's the right thing. And then there are people who would like to kind of cut corners and kind of like to edge around it but they're a little afraid of the community, you know, correction, which is fine, as long as they do the right thing. But Barara also pointed out that in uh, 2007 there was a study made of Wall Street executives. 2,500 Wall Street executives were posed the question, if you could do insider training and you only had a 50-50 chance of getting caught and it was $10 million at stake, would you take the chance and do the insider trading action? Guess how many people said they would? 50-50 <laughs> chance of getting caught. It's prison. 50-50 chance. 7% said they would go ahead and do it. That's, that's a little unsettling. And then they said, okay, if you weren't going to get caught, the chances were you're never going to get caught and you could make $10 million on this insider trading deal, how many of you would make the deal? 58% said yes, they would do it. More than a half the executives on Wall Street would do the illegal trading if there was no consequences. This is not a strong commitment to our economic system. It's not a strong commitment to our free market. So to do the right thing, to do the right thing comes to us in many ways. And we look in our own culture and we see not only the financial institutions and the banks and the sports, the professional sports and athletes, even our churches, even our schools, almost every major industry has had some sort of form of corruption in the last 10 or 20 years. Major, major. I know there are people who won't go to church anymore because they think the church is corrupt. So we avoid and we withdraw. They don't want to play it. They don't want to participate in the markets or they don't want to do things because they want to withdraw because they think it's too corrupt. But what Jesus says is that this is the kingdom of God, where there's wheat and there's weeds right together. And that's how we live. And if you are a child of God and you are making choices to do the right thing, 
to bring forth the fruit of God, the fruit of God's word, you will live next to weeds. They will be there. And no matter how many weeds there are, should not daunt your choice and your action to do the right thing. How many children want to do the wrong thing? Because, well, everybody else is doing it. And that's Christian spirituality. When we embrace the choice, the right choice, the choice to bring God's word about, we do it because it's God's word and we are a child of God. I don't mean to point fingers at organizations and particular people. The finger can point, be pointed back at ourselves individually. Oftentimes, especially when people come into power, and I don't care if it's a church committee or if it's Congress or your local town council, people come into power. And sometimes, sometimes, you are surprised because people rise to the occasion and they do the compassionate, visionary thing, and it's wonderful. And you're proud of them, and it's like, yes! But sometimes they don't. Sometimes the power corrupts them, or the desire to be liked or appreciated or think that they're smart or they're, they're better than they are or whatever, and they do the wrong thing, and they don't rise to the occasion, and they do just the opposite. The wheat and the weeds live inside of us, too. And we need to be careful about the situations we're in and be free, this is where the Christian spirituality comes in, be free to make the right choice. Whether it's about business, whether it's about our families, whether it's about our social lives, we need to be free to make the right choice. That's spirituality. Christian spirituality is about choice, about movement, about what we do in our lives and how we care for one another in our business and in our homes. So what is the good news of the wheat in the weeds parable? The good news is that God is very committed to the harvest that you are. Regardless of the difficulties, the oppression, the, the double dealing that you might be surrounded by, God is committed to the harvest that you are. God is committed to the treasure and the gift that your life is. In spite of how difficult it is, in spite of the corruption that might be around you, or in spite of the, the but the, everybody else is doing it that way, God wants you to make the right choice and to grow. And he's committed and it promises to raise you up and to let that harvest come forth. That's what it's about. That's Christian spirituality. And when we gather on Sunday, we are here together to take a little breathe of relief that there's other wheat around and that we acknowledge that it is a growing journey together and that there are weeds and there are wheat. But God is committed to the harvest that you are. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R mv for millvalley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.